0: Hey, Steven, we got to figure out an intro to the podcast. That works.
1: Uh, to here, I'm going to hand over to you now for some, some information on um, like how to set up the team for success. I mean, again, having come from the MSP space for, for a long time, and I know you're developing a lot of content and assets around this through through MSP camp, would love to kind of get your thoughts on on how to actually train and some actions that MSPs can take to actually train their team uh, when it comes to, to setting up for success for getting more sales.
0: Yeah, so I purposely tried to make it only a few slides because I really am just trying to include the stuff that is that I feel like really moved the needle when it comes to getting our entire team on board with growth. Um, so there's really only three or four slides, but I hope that there's going to be some value here. Um, so I had a really good conversation with Simon Moore. He's the head of marketing over at ScalePad. And we were talking about marketing. He basically said everything is marketing. And I loved this perspective is that every interaction you have with a customer, with a prospect, with everything is marketing. 100% of it is marketing. And I love that the owner of Alltech always used to say, everyone's on help desk. And I was like, great. I love that. Everyone is also in marketing. Um, And so here's a great example of that to really put in perspective, why this stuff is so important. About two years ago, we started getting a lot of complaints from clients um our referrals were like drying up and even though we have a lot of marketing going on we still love referrals like people talk shit on referrals but referrals are gold no matter how big you are as an MSP referrals are great so when I see referrals going down even though we're growing we have more clients we should have a bigger referral base that that that's alarming and we started getting these complaints These complaints are like yeah we feel like you guys are growing too fast and I'm the guy that's growing the business so I'm like I don't understand we're not growing any faster than the, than we were, and we're hiring as we're growing. All of the SLAs are exactly the same. The service has been unchanged yet something has changed. For some reason, we're getting a lot of complaints. And then I noticed that the team's channel that the techs go to to let us know there's an opportunity is called sales. No, okay. And not account management, right? And I was like, let me look. I looked at a service ticket and someone's having an issue with their Microsoft 365. It was a wonderful upsell opportunity to Microsoft 365 business premium. So he said, I'm going to have sales reach out to you. That was it. I changed the channel name to account management instead of sales. Immediately, the techs were pretty much trained right away. No, we're not saying sales anymore. It took one channel name and us just letting everybody know, hey, we're actually not going to say sales anymore. We're going to say account management. Because when your client that trusts you and loves you is hearing that anything they need changed on their account, they're going to be contacted by a salesperson. Mm -hmm. It literally gets them more distanced from you as an MSP. And that distance is real. And that friction is real. And literally that change within a couple of weeks, the complaints went away and we started getting referrals again. So... I tell that example for a couple of reasons. One, it's not difficult to train an entire organization fairly quickly if you make the right moves, but you can also be missing opportunity by simple things like that within your organization because everything is marketing. Them saying sales instead of account management changed the perspective and perception of a client we've had for 10 years. One word. So I just... I just, I hope that makes sense as we get into kind of the next step um, of this portion of it. Um, so you can move to the next one, George, but I just kind of wanted to like frame that. Does that make sense to you, George? Why, why yeah, I, love you it. I think it's that way?
1: even just within, yeah, I think that with, no, once you begin to think about it, even in, in your own personal buying habits, right? If yeah. someone is an account manager versus you hear from, hi, it's Sally from sales. You're like, oh, go away, Sally. You know what I mean? Like, because- yeah. with, kind of got that that guard up against against yeah. sales. So yeah, really good point.
0: And, and even if it is a legitimate sales opportunity where it's a prospect, which happens all the time, still saying account management, right? Hey, we're going to get you to an account manager. We're going to get you, you know, a lot of other MSUs have different things like client success, which I love. Whatever verb verbiage we want to use other than the sales guy is going to reach out to you. Because now it goes from hey, we're going to sell you something to hey, we're going to take care of you. All right. So I just wanted to go over some very specific things that we did in our MSP that really had a, a tangible effort and moved the needle. The first one is we would actually have me and Colin go to different help desk meetings and, and, and let them know, give them a short presentation on, you know, different services. What, How do we get the head nods from customers? When does the customer need it? Because we think our techs know, right? Our techs deploy it. They support it. We think they'd be able to have the conversation to sell it or at least recommend it. But the reality is they kind of don't. And that's fine. They're busy. So having that conversation, we actually get the account managers in, explaining this is usually how we communicate this. And this is usually where you're going to see the opportunity. Um, It has it really helped kind of get everyone on board with kind of how to sell or at least prime it before they get it to that channel um and if you don't have a sales or account management and you're the owner great you should do that every week and you if you do those eos meetings or any other meeting you do with your team have a five minute portion of it where you, you're communicating a service now i'm going to skip down to the bottom and i want to tie these together here make sure your team knows what campaign oh sorry no not the bottom <laughs> slide I, I meant like the, the bottom point here just for people to to tag along If you're running a cybersecurity campaign, or you're running an MDR campaign, or you're running a VoIP campaign, or whatever campaign you're running that month or quarter, you are shooting yourself in the foot if your entire team doesn't know what campaign you're running. Because, yeah, that campaign might be, hey, I'm trying to get prospects. But at the end of the day, every time we run a campaign, we usually get some solid MRR and projects out of our current client base. And so even though we're, we're marketing to prospects, sometimes marketing to clients, making sure your team understands what you are marketing right now is so vitally important, yet it's missed all the time. We want to we market in a vacuum. So we can tie these two together when we're t- speaking with them on the weekly meetings with, hey, this is the campaign we're running. This is what some of the content looks like. These are the pain points and opportunities that we're going after. So if you see a client when you're in a conversation with them, or if you see a prospect you're at, we got, we've literally gotten leads from somebody that that has been at a dealership and has had, they've had issues with their computers. They give, they tipped me off and I call them, right? So making sure they know what campaign is currently being run this month or this quarter and tying that in with these trainings. Okay, I hope I didn't go too hard on that. Um, Just wanted to kind of explain that. Scenario training, you know, give really specific scenarios. Again, these kind of tie in, but you notice a client has a lot of spam awesome. We're going to get them on email threat protection or graphics or whatever it is that we're selling a great story around MDR. So the story we always like to say, um, is either the case study of a a prospect that came on, we put MDR on literally we were able to roll back ransomware and it saved them ridiculous amount of money. So we use that, you know, again, specific story. Like if they didn't have that, it would have been days and hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they have it. So we rolled it back. We're good to go. You know, it was beautiful. Um, another thing is scenario training on, Hey, you have somebody call calls you, the computer is four years old, you know, it's got a hard disk drive or it's only got eight gigs of Ram or it's on I three, these different criteria. Are you going to recommend that they replace it or upgrade the computer? In some cases, yeah, we just upgrade the computer. We, you hit the sales, the account management channel and you say, Hey, we're just upgrading it. Or is this a good scenario to say, hey, go ahead and start priming the client conversation that it's probably going to be an upgrade, you know? So you're going to prime that conversation for account mm-hmm. management. So when they take over and they call, the client's already kind of ready to accept that that hardware.
1: Yeah, no one likes surprises.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of priming. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, but we do a ton of priming um, within our MSP, like just planting the seeds as much as possible with that scale pad hardware report. We send every single month, Shows what's green, what's red. You know, when we, I think, all tech might now be using augment, and it's like there's there's value in 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 constant priming and seeding, so it's not just always in your face. It's just like, hey, you know, there's these issues. So when we have that conversation in the next QBR, you're ready to make a move. All right, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, quick feedback: when the when the when the tech gives a good recommendation or referral, so make sure you blast out to the whole company. Hey, good job, Alex for you know referring us to this blah 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 blah, which we're actually going to talk about a little bit on the next slide and then making sure making sure everybody knows what an ideal prospect looks like you'd be surprised you'd be surprised how many times somebody in your organization is going to try and refer you a computer repair thing you're like you work here you know we're an MSP you know we do business on a monthly agreement why are you referring me your friend That has a broken computer what are we doing here right like it's kind of crazy how often you will run into that before you start training your team on. no no no. what is an ideal prospect looks like in our case it's usually about 10 computers minimum thousand dollars a month minimum Uh, so if they have three four computers you don't even have to worry about telling me about it
1: Mm -hmm. And, and what are some simple qualifying questions that you can just rattle off as soon as that conversation is starting up right so you instantly know and then that way you have your information. You can be like, okay, cool, yeah, this person is of interest to 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 my MSP business or to the MSP I work for. Versus, oh no, probably not for us. So we can just be polite and begin to wrap this up. A really good example I see that all the time is is guys looking to standardize everyone on Microsoft, which is fine because they they want if that's what they want to focus on. And so when if you bump into someone at the at the bar at the dealership wherever it is. Ask them if they're using Microsoft. Well, we're a massive school. We have loads of users. We definitely need an IT person. Instead of jumping the gun and being like, great, we can be that. We can do this for you. Da, da. Well, what are you guys using at the school? Are you using Microsoft? No, we need use Google. Okay, well, great. Well, now you know that, yeah, that would be a nice client. But if you don't want to be managing Google and having to deal with a completely different technical ecosystem and all the headaches that comes with it, then they're not the right client for you. But then are they open to moving to Microsoft? And do they need help with that migration? That's the direction you can take the conversation in.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, we give very few criteria. Like we teach what an ideal prospect is, but when it comes to like, when do you get it to account management? When do you get it to me? I don't put too much hampering on them because it's like, look, I'll figure it out. Like I'll go through that process with them, but just don't send me any business name that's got three users or five users. Like I just, I can't, No, but if they got 100 users and they're using G Suite or Workspace, I'm like, I'll figure it out. Just give me the name. Like, I'll go bring them donuts and I'll get them to move to Microsoft. Like, I'll get that. I'll get that all figured out on on my end. So, yeah, part of the training is like, what does an ideal prospect look like? But also, if you get a, a good or an opportunity, just get it to us. We'll kind of figure it out from there, except for these minimal criteria like size
1: you know here do you have any any um experience or or something that we hear a lot but you know people say it but do you have any stories around the, the the concept that sometimes your your smallest customers give you the most headaches for the let for the least amount of dollars so they want all your time for none of your money and often the best thing to do is is to just fire those guys and, and let them go have you seen any any truth or have had any direct experience with that in the past
0: it's a great question and that is a huge question that i could go into in in depth um but i think just for sake of time there, there's a lot of truth to it, which is why I have a minimum, but the reality is another reason I went to minimum is I was, I was bonused off of profitability of the company. So mm-hmm. I do not want to waste my time. If a company is not moving the needle on our profitability, whereas for another salesperson that may have a little more time, they can close those, those under thousand dollar deals and it would be worth it for the company and for them. Cause they're going to get a spiff out of it. The company could make it profitable, et cetera. But I think at the end of the day, businesses, MSPs need to have a way of identifying if a, if a client is profitable or not, because we have some we have some clients that are five employees and they pay us $2,000 a month and they don't call us that much. So like, it goes both ways. And then we have large clients that's like, oh man, they're paying us $8,000 a month, but they're driving us effing crazy. So I think, you know, as a general rule, yes. As you scale up in size, it does not mean more work in the MSP space. That's why we like to go for those big ones. But at the end of the day, if you're a smaller MSP, don't be scared to take the smaller ones. You can make them profitable, especially if you mark the price up correctly and you have a good statement of work and you get them set up right. So don't let me boohoo small organizations because there's a lot more companies that are 1 to 10 Mm -hmm. than there are probably 10 to 100. So, you know... um, but uh, but just as a general rule, because I got busier and busier, especially in my last couple of years, uh, I only wanted to go after them if they're like 5K and up, hmm. which actually worked beautiful because we were doing less onboarding and we were making more money. so More time. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. All
1: right. um, I think that, that actually kind of brings us on nicely to your, your next slide, unless was there any any other points that we, we didn't cover here on the training? No, that was,
0: that was pretty much it there. Yeah. Just being nice. really intentional about teaching your staff and then... This one will kind of tie it together, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, though I love this idea of like incentivizing growth and, and not just having salespeople that have access to spits or, or or commissions. So uh, walk walk us through that to hear.
0: So I think it's so crazy that more more organizations, not just MSP space, by the way, in in all organizations, we love to just pay a salary. We love to say, here's your salary. This is what you get. You got to work for me. And you're going to get a 3% raise every year. And you need to be happy with that. To me, that's bullshit. I think that's crazy. Um, I think it's silly. I think we're all shooting ourselves in the foot in that way. I think at the end of the day, a salary is like a base commission, right? Like, or a base just for a salesperson, right? I think a salesperson is going to have a whole lot more upside on commission. But I think every person in an organization, everybody, everybody, should have a base or a a performance pay. Like here's an example. I'm going to be hiring a, a web developer because we're going to start be doing more websites. That web developer is going to get a base salary, but I'm also going to give them a bonus when they complete a website to the client and to my satisfaction, because that's going to do two things. One, it's going to keep them motivated to knock out sites fast. And two, I'm going to tell them in every site that we get, as you expand the team, you're going, to get a, you're going to get a bonus. So not only is it, let's do it quickly, it's let's do it right because I want to get more referrals because I'm actually making more money as the business is making more money. Hmm. So I say all that as a preface to say, how did we remove or, or reduce the principal agent problem at all tech Services? We did a bonus structure based on the profitability of the company plus how long you've been at the company. So literally it was like night and day I would close a company. It drove me effing crazy because I'm the sales guy. I'm bringing the clients on. I get excited. No one else gets excited, which is fine. But they were boohooing. Everyone got upset when we brought a new client on because they're already stressed out. They're already busy. We put this bonus in place. The first quarter, even the lowest level person got like, I don't know, an extra 1,200 bucks that quarter, right? And then the higher level people really got paid well. All the boohooing stopped but almost immediately all the boohoo and stopped and all of that training we have been doing and we're like, well, yeah, they're getting it and we're getting a little more referrals. We're getting a little bit more from the team grew a lot faster because now not only are they trained on how to get us the lead, but they're incentivized because they know as the company grows and they're here longer, they're literally putting more money in their own pocket, just like that. And so it's, two things. One, it keeps them incentivized. We're all on board with growth. We're all on the marketing team. We're all on the sales team. But two, as we get techs that are trained and they're with the company longer and longer, it becomes harder and harder for them to leave. Yeah, they're getting their salary. It's moving up three, 6%, whatever. But those bonuses every quarter yeah. keep going up.
1: I think that's that's such a, a really, really important point as well, because we know that there is going to continuously be a massive shortage of talent in the technical space, right, Um, across the board. Whether you're, you know, top level cybersecurity expert at a dedicated, you know, uh, SOC or or sophisticated MSSP, right down to finding some 18-year-old out of high school to come in and and work help desk for you, like it's going to be a real struggle. So again, another little uh, phrase uh, that I've heard is retention is the new recruitment. Right. So mm-hmm. it's focus on your retention uh, as much, if not more, than, than your recruitment. Because again, as as business owners or as managers, we know how irritating and frustrating it can be. One to go through the process of, of finding people, the interviews, the questions, the judgment calls, then getting that person onboarded and ramped up can take, you know, weeks, if not months at a time, depending on the position. All for them what after six seven months to to leave for something better i i spoke there's an msp friend of mine had this exact problem he went through a two-year cycle where he went through about five or uh four or five different techs because and it was it was that six-month cycle of finding someone finding the right person negotiating hiring ramping up then they would leave after three or four months and he was back to square one with with not really any type of scalability so i think this incentivizing piece is huge and and definitely something that uh, smart modern MSPs will start implementing. Do you think to here it's important to get like because I love the idea that like you have to where you mentioned like the the web developer like you have to be able to create different columns and different uh I I, I guess like packages because one
0: hundred percent yeah everyone's, everyone's going like
1: to be 100%. linked to to revenue right so you yep. have to be really specific about what qualifies for the compensation
0: well, or bonus. I think that everything is tied to revenue. I mean, for the most part, everything's tied to revenue. They just might not be revenue generating roles, but like even the, even the administrative assistant is tied to keeping shit off my plate so I can make us more money. Um, so yeah, like a hundred percent, each one's gonna need to have its own, like pay for performance is a whole nother, it's a whole study in itself, but it's so important. It is so important. And this is a general one for techs, like the salespeople, the account management didn't get this, right? Um, because they have their own paper performance. Um, a couple couple things to kind of tie this whole thing in, really kind of put the emphasis on why incentivizing is so important. The, y'all been in business longer than me. I've been a business owner now for two months, right? MSB Camp's been around for 15 months, but I've only been a business owner for two months. So y'all know more than I do, but just in the little time that I've been doing this, I understand incentivize, incentives are pretty much everything in business, whether it's the owner, whether it's the marketer, Whatever it is, it all comes down to incentives. What am I incentivized to, to do? And here's a wonderful example of how this has all played out. Not only does it have the other positive externalities we've talked about, it also has a thing, if they're not rushing for us to hire another person, which if you're an MSP that's more than you know, even half a million dollars, how much pressure are you getting from your team to hire another person right now? A shitload for sure. But when they understand that if we hire another person too early, the profitability of the company goes down, our bonuses go down. Mm. So, and now the other positive externality is like, no, no, we don't. I don't think we need to hire somebody. Like, right? I think we got this. And here's the cherry on top: in the last 15 months, we've added a million dollars in revenue, in reoccurring revenue, right? And I think we're coming up on five plus million now as a company. We haven't needed an additional body. What can you do with a million more dollars without an additional person to support that million dollars? In fact, I left Alltech and I took the whole marketing team. So there's less people at Alltech today than there were when we were a million dollars less of a company. Hmm. Tom just bought a big-ass new boat. So I have a feeling that this whole incentive thing, as well as a lot of other things we were working on, worked pretty well.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's huge. I think it, it it's it's a really nice way to bring things back full circle. If we if we come back to that that little story of like the tech in the bar and someone chatting with them about IT, all of a sudden that light bulb goes off and they can say, Well, if I can just get this guy into our funnel by giving him a card, getting him booked into someone's calendar. For that particular person to then start moving the process, well, that's great because if this person ends up getting a, a closed deal from it, that adds to the revenue of the company, which adds to my incentivized bonus. And I've just been here on a Friday night, you know, watching a game down at the sports bar, uh, and and I'm still helping generate revenue for for the company through a casual conversation. But to have that and make it effective. I think the summary here is you have to have one, those incentive bonuses in place with with strict criteria so people understand what those those metrics and KPIs are. Two, you need to have a really clear process around what your call to action is. What is the thing that people are at your organization are funneling prospects and customers to? For me, we've used the example of a risk assessment just to get someone in the door, but I'm sure there's lots of other creative examples you guys can can think of. and get everyone singing off that same hymn sheet and and directing it towards that, that particular department, whether it's sales, that particular individual, whoever it might be, uh, and and get it all tracked. And and I love your last point as well. Like, don't worry about who gets the credit. Yeah. I almost
0: missed that. That's a good point. That's something that's so important. Literally everyone here listening, like just make sure, especially if you're the salesperson, I doubt you're gonna have this problem as an owner, but like, There were times where like i had been planting a seed with a prospect forever to do this thing or a customer do this thing and like a tech mentions something and the tech gets all the credit for them doing that thing. I don't care. I didn't care. I don't care. It's important that we don't care who gets credit. In fact, make sure you give the credit. All we care about, let's move the needle forward. Don't matter who gets the credit for the client coming in or getting the upsell, et cetera. I mean,
1: Again, and yeah, the incentive takes care of that. There's nothing yeah. worse than feeling like you've contributed to something successful and then the salesperson is like, yeah, and I close this guy and you're kind of left there thinking, okay, so this guy's taking all the credit, is getting commission and yeah, it can actually have the opposite effect, right? It can be very yes. demotivating because your, contribu- your contributions aren't acknowledged and you're not really seeing, you know, any type of financial
0: incentive off the back either. So yeah, it goes back to a quick feedback. I, 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 I have, anytime I get any value any leads, anything, I, I blow up the team's chat. Like, good job, Yeah. X-Tech. like nice. so, anyway.
1: reinforcement. Um, last slide here. Uh, do you want to talk about some some low-hanging fruit leads? Maybe just to, for some people who can come out and just make it easy to get some more people um, into their funnel. Uh, what kind of things are we, are we looking at here?
0: Yeah, so I'll do this for like a minute just in case there's any questions. I want to make sure I save some time. I think I've talked a little too much here. Uh, so low-hanging fruit leads. So these are things that basically I just want to make sure uh, I explain like these are the easy things. Like it's easy to get VoIP leads from your current client base from your team. Like when you when I tell the team we're doing a VoIP push, oh boy, oh boy, do we get like VoIP leads? Cause people are like, oh yeah, they got this shitty, you know, phone system reach out. And we close it because yeah, VoIP's easy to sell. Hardware, super easy. Like they're letting us know, hey, this, you know, obviously that we send, we know. hardware reports and we know we already approached them about the computers are getting old but the tech can really plant the seed and send it to the board and boom we replace computers you know hourly at this point with 40 something or 4,000 under management microsoft 365 business premium again not every sale needs to be a direct money maker we just love when clients are on business premium makes our life way easier and then you got augment to make sure the business premium settings are all looking good uh, yeah,
1: yeah and it works for not just premium but uh but basic as well I think that the key point there is yeah, I love the idea, not doesn't need to be a, a money maker we'd like and can help you make money but also there's there's the other side of that profitability coin like is, is efficiency, right? Yeah. So you money by like adding more revenue, whether it's more endpoints or upcharging, but if you can actually just increase your margin because all of a sudden, instead of having one tech being able to manage, say, you know, 50 endpoints, they can manage 250 endpoints because you're able to use smart automations and have everything connected in a sophisticated way. Well, you've just freed up a ton of time or, or maybe even a whole other body. And coming back to Tahir's earlier point of, well, actually, you know, we we've got an, an extra million dollars, and we still don't have to hire somebody else yet. So, what can we actually do with that with with that money to help grow the business further? That's not going to eat into our own profitability. So, um, yeah. different side of the same profitability coin.
0: Yeah, yeah and then spam filtering, obviously, like oh, got a spam issue. Is very easy for the team to know how to sell spam filtering, not that they're selling themselves, but they know how to prime the conversation. They know what it looks like, and then they can get it to the account management board and we sell it that same day, right? So lots of low hanging fruit stuff to get like what we talked about today in this webinar, like, okay, that's great. But now like, let's execute on some of this and you'll literally see money come out of it <laughs> like in the next couple of weeks. So I think that's why I like this webinar is it's like not only actionable, like, well, how do I we do it? But also like, what is low hanging fruit dollar signs that we can kind of go get right now
1: yeah i would say if, if you're an msp owner like take take this weekend crack a beer get a cup of coffee and kind of a, a pan a, a pen and paper start writing out what some incentives might look like across your different departments and employees and think about what that mean called action is and then monday tuesday morning sit down and be like okay i'm going to start rolling out and paying people uh, incentives based on like revenue sharing of the of the company here's what we're what we're looking to get people in the door for for the rest of the quarter okay we're going to start offering risk audits or cyber security risk assessments whatever you want to call it okay so what do you need from me to help implement this new program
0: yeah and like my biggest thing like let's say we start small even if we're doing ten thousand dollars a quarter and we might think oh my god it's ten thousand last dollars i'm going to make zero chance literally zero chance if you're giving away ten thousand dollars a quarter you're not going to make ten thousand more dollars (laughs) if you have everybody on board with growth like it's literally impossible no matter the size of your msp so we need to just not worry about how much we're giving out we need to realize that that is a true go-giver mentality you're going to give it out and you're going to get it back you know 3x 4x so
1: and your employees notice that too Right, your employees oh, yes. that too. don't don't think they don't notice like yeah, i love the idea of the example your know, people buying boats and stuff your employees see you're buying boats and, and they're still kind of looking at their paycheck going what whereas versus you might still be buying boats but they know they're also getting a bonus every month or every quarter based on the direct impact that they make from their particular department or or role yeah it, yeah, it, it just continues to ramp and scale like you wouldn't believe 100 percent. yeah so we'll we'll wrap things up there guys cuz we're we're short on time I see a couple of questions have come in uh, so James, will this recording be made available? Yes, guys. All our uh, webinars go as an on-demand webinar on the Augment website, so that will be available for you guys to access. Uh, James, reach out to me on LinkedIn if you want. Just George Smith Augment. Uh, don't don't be you know LinkedIning George Smith. You'll be scrolling for for a while with uh, all of the George Smiths out there. So include Augment, and I can send you the the direct link, so you don't have to plug in your information again. Uh, We've got another anonymous uh, attendee. How do you expand an account where you have the smallest footprint, like you've only sold them hardware or only managed their void? Asking a 1,000 inquiry questions is a barrier for MSPs. Great question. Really good question. Uh, I would definitely, for me personally, uh, just because I have a bit of a a focus on cybersecurity, I would start talking about that. I would maybe do a, a little bit of a, a factual and educational presentation, just highlighting like the fact that it, it's crazy at the minute. Uh, and, and feel free, Mr. Anonymous person, to reach out to me. I can definitely send you over some stats and studies that you can pull stuff from. Or if you become an Augment partner, we've got tons of resources. I know MSP camp has lots of great collateral as well. But use that opportunity to to educate so they understand the landscape and then begin to talk about some of the other services that you can offer so whether it's backup email security start with microsoft highlight the fact that it's the number one business application that makes the most attacked how confident are they in their microsoft security can you give me the opportunity to run a free audit and i can show you a report for free that is basically like the health check of your microsoft that gets your foot in the door from there, you're able to have conversations around risk, around productivity, around cost, all those different things. hear, do you have anything, any kind of different opinions, or have you had any experience in the past of expanding accounts where you're only selling hardware or, or VoIP?
0: That's I think you made a really good point by leading up with cybersecurity. I know a couple of there's a lot of people that do that. And I think that's gold. Um, another thing I always did is that's why I would sell VoIP by itself not because I'm making a, m- a bunch of money on the reoccurring residual or the spiff. that's cool and all, but that's now a lead. It's a lead I make money on, right? And so any of those, it's good that you have some clients that you, you don't have all managed services with, because I mean, obviously you wanna get them on there, but these are all leads, just treat them like leads, like literally nurture them like leads. Like, yeah, I got my phone system in, or maybe I got a firewall for you, or maybe I'm doing a monitor agreement for you, or maybe I'm break fix for you, whatever. You are treating them like they are a cold lead. You got email marketing going to them. You've got postcards going to them. You are stopping in with donuts. Like I would be so damn annoying when I know, wait a minute, you're a 20 employee company and you're only paying me $300 a month. That ain't going to be, that ain't going to last long. Cause I like, we this whole, the whole matrix, everyone talks about it, but it's like, okay, what are our clients and what do our clients have? You know, you put X's, what they have and what they don't have you know everyone talks to the matrix but that thing is gold like if you actually live by that and you see like oh my god you can literally look at the opportunity in your client base you're like holy shit there's fifty thousand dollars worth of mrr value right here with just my client base so treat them like leads um and obviously there's a million i'm not going to go into nurturing techniques and marketing and all that right now but like yeah there, there's there's lots of ways to kind of take advantage of that for sure
1: i got another question, another really good question that's coming here. Pay for performance sounds amazing, but at the end of the day, there's not enough money to go around. I assume the recommendation is to raise our rates. Um, without opening your books, I would say, yeah, probably, maybe. But also understand that whenever you begin to add and generate more business, that is generating more money, all right? So for example, if, if you're looking at things today and your things are kind of balanced, you're like, well, I can't really afford to, to give someone any more money. You can just simply start by saying for all new revenue coming in, uh, I'm gonna be actually giving away whatever it is, 50, 60, 20 percent. You need to kind of work that out for yourself. I mean, I'd be happy to have that conversation in, in private and give some, some more tips. But what I'm saying is, is whenever new money comes in, take that opportunity to to spread the wealth then. You're not, you're not list like if you you know, give you sign up a new customer for. 10 grand or, or whatever it is, instead of doing what you would usually do, like take that opportunity to, to jig something so everyone shares the wealth of that 10 grand and then watch as, as that that continues to, to increase over time. The other thing I'll say just about raising rates in general is yeah, it's it's something I've seen MSPs struggle with. I think the average MSP today only charges around. 65 to $72 per seat or per end user, which is criminally undercharging the value that you guys provide. There's programs and uh, sales peer groups out there that are saying you guys should be charging 300. And if you go about it and pitch it in a correct way, there's there's no reason why you can't, can't get there. Um, it's just kind of getting over the, the internal fear of that maybe, but start with education, start with the cybersecurity risk assessment, uh, people are making risk-informed decisions all the time. You just need to start building your processes and habits uh, around that. And like I said, ping me on LinkedIn, happy to go into more detail for anyone who wants uh, to have a little sidebar. Dear, what would you say around the pay for performance and if there's a lack of funds available to kickstart that?
0: So much, so much. Man, I could talk about this all day. I'm really glad you asked this question, but I'm gonna try and keep it as concise as possible. Um, one thing on $300 the user thing, I think it's possible and I know there's MSPs doing it. What I'm telling, what I'm saying is, we've been profitable around $100 a user, um, super profitable. So like, you know, I think to each their own. I think for the MSPs getting 300, that's dope. Like, that's amazing. Congrats. But when we go into recession, like those MSPs are the first they're gonna start losing their clients. There's not, there's not a salesperson on the in the planet that when a business is struggling with revenue, they're gonna, they're they're gonna be able to retain a client a <laughs> They're gonna be able to retain a client at three hundred dollars when there's an MSP that's doing basically the same thing for one hundred and fifty. It's just it just doesn't work out. Like I'm just I love that people are doing that. I think it's awesome. I just don't think it's sustainable. That's just my opinion. There are people doing that. So, and I I think it's great. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it. Okay, all right. <laughs> and and George, I love that you brought that up because you're right. There's a lot of really good um, sales strategies and stuff out there to get that those kind of numbers. Now to to answer the question, I think. We didn't do this pay-per-referencing right away. We, we couldn't afford it right away, right? That's why we took customers that were five users, eight users, 10 users. Um, we were kind of volume at first, which is fine, right? It's a stressful life at first because <laughs> you're trying to get as many clients as you can. You're trying to get your revenue up. You're trying to get your profit up. Um, and that's a tough, it's a tough time. Um, but it works um i think the best thing to do is yeah like get good at sales make sure that when you're quoting it you got a really nice profit number from day one but at the same time if you're small get some clients in the door we got to get clients in the door right like i just hear all the time it's like oh no yeah if they're not going to do my 100 percent stack if they're not going to pay me 250 bucks a user if they're not within 10 miles of my location i'm not going to take them it's like stop 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 we got to get clients in the door Yeah, we got to make money on them, but we got to get them in the door because that means our word of mouth grows, our referral base grows. Um, We are more legit. We get more reviews. Uh, And to sum it all up, now we have a goal because if you have a problem and you have enough money to solve the problem, you don't have a problem. And that's why we have to stay focused on growth. We have to. We cannot be complacent because we're literally shooting ourselves in the foot because I can tell from experience what my life used to be like at the MSP where it was three people in a warehouse. I had to scratch and claw and bite to get a $1,000 to send a direct mail campaign out.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, before I left a couple months ago, left on really good terms. The owner's an investor in MSP camp. He's my father-in-law. He's awesome. Before I left, I could spend any money I wanted because we were a big company now. We have money. So my point is keep at it, stay motivated, because I promise you, shit does get easier the more money you make. That's just what happens. So anyway, God, I really went on a rant there. I hope that answered your question. Um, thank you for the question. <laughs> and, last uh,
1: uh, last other question we've got here, which actually tied into some of the the things you just you touched on to here in terms of people maybe overthinking, oh, they they don't live here or they don't focus. Uh Question here from Brian. What are the best strategies for pre-sale strategies, or what is the best strategy for pre-sale strategies for outbound sales third party to better qualify during booked appointments? So, uh, yeah, I guess what you're you're saying there, Brian, is is yeah, how to better qualify clients so that your appointments that you're getting are 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 good quality, right? Yeah, I would say for me, it, like you need to understand what your, your ideal customer profile is first and foremost. You can't begin to qualify if you don't know what you're looking for. Um, so maybe are you focused on a certain vertical? Maybe are you focused on a, a particular service offering or, or, or a certain size? Um, um, my simple thing would be a really simple update you can do is is to your, your form capture, okay? A lot of people say, what's your first name, last name, phone number, and company name? Great, book in a meeting here. Add two other fields, maybe three max so it's it's no more than six fields. If you get kind of close to ten, people might might not be as willing to complete the form uh, and then ask ask some additional information. How many employees do they have? What vertical are they? in? you can have a, a drop down menu just so you have a little bit more information that can help you qualify those organic leads that are that are coming in. yeah Terry
0: three
1: well, on that?
0: I think you you answered it really well, but Brian, what issue are you running into? Like, is somebody setting appointments? Is it like a cold caller setting appointments for you, and they're no showing, or is it that they are showing, but it's like a really bad fit? Like, what's the like? What are you running into? I guess
1: just while we maybe hear hear back from Brian, I'll I'll speak to that. Uh, that's actually is a really good uh, point there to hear. Of sometimes, if you use third party third parties to book your appointments, they go off appointments booked don't do that i would say incentive Incentive. i would would say that i would say you have to move the marker to um like completed demo or completed whatever the the sort of main area of interest is so for example for for me self-seed augment i could go and get a third party and say i'll pay you for every appointment you book now if I was a smart person, I would just fill that calendar with all my friends and say, here, just book in, don't show, I'm going to get paid for you just filling out this form. So you've got to be smarter than that in this day and age. You've got to say, you will get paid whenever this demo is complete or whenever this call is complete or if that call moves to a certain stat, status or stage in our sales funnel, like issuing a PO or something. The comparable example is the the classic story of the small, medium business that pays for clicks or web traffic to their, their website. And the web developer says, yeah, sure, how many you want? We well, want an extra 10,000 visitors a month. Here you go. Fast forward a couple of months, here's your extra 10,000 visitors. That They're they're here, they're, they're at your website. Well, oh, but I'm not seeing any of that converting to traffic. Yeah, it's because you know, it's, it's from a farm in Indonesia or wherever, it's not actually contributing <laughs> to your success, right? So if you're using third parties, always be very, very specific in, in what the success criteria and the, the payment that criteria is.
0: Yeah, it's so funny, Brian has answered the question here and that's kind of what I thought you were doing. It's funny because if you look at different cold call companies in the MSP space, like for instance, there's Abstractor or Sapper that does a wonderful job of getting leads for MSPs, but the leads are low value, right? And, and, and then you see other ones like Arsenal that get you less leads but I've heard the leads are higher quality. And when I see these two examples, I'm looking at them like, I guarantee the incentive structure is the only difference. Yeah. But on abstract, they're, the callers are getting paid per lead or maybe they're getting paid higher per appointment. And arsenal, it's probably like maybe getting paid when the appointment's set and getting paid a whole lot more if it closes, right? Like it all, again, it all comes down to incentive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'll I'll tell you right now, Brian, if you hired me to be your outbound sales rep and you were paying me on leads per booked, I would fill up your calendar, no problem. But if you tweaked it to say, George, I'm not gonna pay you on appointments booked, I'm gonna give your your bonus is gonna be tied to uh appointments completed, but the biggest chunk is actually going to come from revenue generated off those leads. I sure as heck am going to change my strategy and be a lot more focused and detail oriented into who I'm booking in so that every shot counts towards getting that, that revenue, which is what you want, but I'm going to get a chunk of it too, versus filling up your calendar with a hundred appointments a week that I get paid a flat rate per appointment. So um, I think ties nicely into, into what to hear saying, even with third parties, like, you know, um, ha- having having the incentive be around the success or the, the revenue growth
0: of your company. Tahir, you any last words from you? No, man, you did great. This has been fun. I hope I hope you provided some value. Thanks to everyone that showed up. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one.
1: That's great. Thanks, everyone. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.